0: So, what's good? What's shaking? How's your weekend turning out?
1: Oh, not been too bad. I actually was able to go and grab a bunch of, like, used Pelican cases. The smaller ones for 10 bucks a piece at a garage sale. Oh, Pelican. that's so cheap. Yeah, and they're the perfect size for, like, camera gear. And if I'm just going for, like, a dab event for my dab rig, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be awesome. So, I'll have a, those ready to to bring out with me for lift next month which will be awesome
0: that's perfect I'm always so nervous putting a bong in like a backpack or like a different type of bag like definitely a pelican all the way make sure that shit's secure
1: yeah I've got that that orange case back there that I can put um, this rig and my bong into at the same time and it's perfect oh, nice. but if I'm flying that'll be my suitcase and then I gotta figure something else out which <laughs> I'd rather just bring a carry on for my dad rig I'll find a bong over there
0: Mm-hmm. In high school, everybody would bring their rulers and illadels to school just for clout, to just show them off. And like, but it's not in like anything secure. Like, you can like uh, bounce around and drop it on the floor accidentally. It's like, ugh. I yeah. it's always nervous when you see somebody like whip out a roar It's like, oh shit.
1: Yeah, it's one thing if you see the case come out and then it pops, but when they're just pulling it out of like those drawstring bags, yeah, drawstring bags. It now it's like, what the fuck are you risking right now?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. So, it was a crazy time to uh, start smoking weed and everybody's getting into exotic bongs and just want to show them off and yeah it's a crazy time
1: oh it was back when there was cash flowing that was focused more on the actual glassware than anything mm-hmm. else. And that was kind of the peak like pre-legalization where everyone was putting money into cannabis because it was like on the verge of becoming legal But it wasn't quite, but glassware was where you could spend your money. That's where it was, like, peak. Now you look at it, glassware has
0: died out in Canada, it seems like, unless you're in, like, a big, big hub. Yeah, like, I saw, like, a ton of bongs in my shop there, uh, but no high-end glass pieces, just uh, West Coast gifts, uh, things like that. Like, it's good bongs, but it's not that choice glass that we walked into in some of those exotic shops back in the day
1: oh exactly people are running cheech as their standard mm-hmm. rig versus now where you've got those having kind of your travel your bring with you rig in case it breaks because it's easier to replace but mm-hmm. functionality quality's there and then you've got like your roars and your super ridiculous high quality glass that stays at home or you pull it out for a special occasion now mm-hmm. it's like the cheech is that's your high quality glass and you're bringing out the the of Cabana specials or the ones like that out for the events,
0: or the uh, silicone bonks or traveling and stuff, and those have had a huge, huge rise. Yeah, I've got four of
1: those. They're well, they're good for when I'm going camping and whatnot, and mm-hmm. or throw it in the boat, not worry about it. Right, like it's perfect for using that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just a cheap portable. If you drop it, you're only up to forty bucks. Well, exactly. Yeah, you're out the bowl, essentially, at worst. Mm-hmm.
1: And you go and you get one of those um, invisibles, the metal ones, mm-hmm. and then you've got
0: no problem, the perfect port bong Yeah, absolutely. I wish those bongs uh, were more present back in my day. Like, I don't know how many bowls I've gone through at down stems, and you're probably the same way. You've probably uh, had to stop by the 420 shop like 20 times now in your class career. Just shit, fuck another bowl, another down stem broken. Yeah, well...
1: I'd rather spend the 20, 30 bucks to get a new bowl, new downstem, stem, especially when like I'm traveling and I just buy run this straight up clone slides. I end up having so many of them that have that broken kind of edge on it. So it's like, okay, when I'm traveling, this is what I'm using. Whoever's using my bowl. Don't cut your finger on it. Cause so I've cut it on it multiple times. Yep. But And then I want to get a couple of really nice slides that just stay at home. They get put into my review videos. They don't leave those bongs. I've got one, but.
0: Yeah, for me, my uh, bongs like 15 years strong hasn't broken. Like, man, I've had so many close calls that thing. And like, it stood the test of time. And uh, I hope that bong sees me through another like 10, 15, 20 years. Like, I've just been so grateful that my, my high school piece is still around to this day.
1: Yeah, I've I had a couple that have broken on me that I wish I still have around. This this red eye tech is probably one of my longest standing um bongs I've had and it's still just doing great, but it's a core kind of review piece now for me. So it gets mm-hmm. smoked for that and then just cleaned and put aside and used for its purpose. It hits yeah. a little too heavy to go to every single
0: bong rip. A- mm-hmm. Uh, have any uh, crazy run-ins with the cop from uh, the legacy days? Yeah. Any, any close calls? Well,
1: I actually transitioned right into the medical side, pre legalization. So I didn't have a lot of exposure to like any sort of the, the that um, street buy or anything like that. I went straight on to the medical because I transitioned from EMS. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, I think I'm going to go and jump
0: both feet in and just got everything done. Yeah, I got my medical card in about uh, 2010 there, and it was such a weird thing to buy cannabis on like a a black market way for medical needs, but I can transport it legally. I just can't buy it uh, for my own needs. A lot of the shops I'd go to, you go up, there's just a nondescript door, you knock, you show your ID, they take your ID from you, and they hold it on them the whole time while you're buying weed, and they go south. They know exactly who you are. Uh, It was always so sketchy, but I'm so, so thankful for how far we've come legalization. We can do this all legally out in the open. Uh don't have to look over my shoulders anymore. Well, that's it's definitely that's, been a huge
1: gift. Well, and just having the ability to grow for yourself if you wanted to. Like, it's <laughs> unbelievable how many people that just yes, the four plants are going to give them the support that they need, that they can produce themselves through the summer. If they get a tent throughout the year, like it's it, the. The access to the the medical benefits that this plant has is just so much more widely
0: available with, than it was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my customers that I see, I'd say about twenty five percent of them say they grow, which is amazing. Like uh, bigger than a percentage than I thought. Really, uh, it's everybody. It's a uh, High school kids that just turned uh, nineteen and now they're shopping and they can grow legally for the first time, which is amazing. And there's a lot of older people in their forties, fifties that have always grown stuff in their backyard, like flowers annually, and now they're growing a, a different kind of flower for different needs. And um, it's great that we all get to share in that. And a lot of times, people come asking for seeds or tips, and uh, yeah, it's really, really great.
1: Well, I, I've had a couple of shop owners make comments that having the consumers produce their own flour is not going to be a positive for the market. You'll see a loss in return from their products being purchased. It's like, no, if anything, you'll see an increase in the products being purchased and they'll be purchasing the higher quality flour. Mm -hmm. They won't need to buy the swag weed. They won't need to buy absolutely ounce to the bake sale ounce to get by because they grew that style of flour for themselves. So now they can go and spend, that $80 on two, three and a half that are of the highest quality. So, what it's going to do is it's going to push that kind of shit bulk weed out of the industry, which
0: is exactly what we all want. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, they're picking up Carmel and Black, Black like Market, and that's their that's their weed helper to make that uh, homegrown stuff just kind of stretch a little bit more. And uh, yeah, like they, they pick up those uh, choice brands and they definitely see a difference in quality. Like <laughs> now they aspire better to what they grew outside. Like, i can I turn this into that and they're learning more about uh, soil and uh, different light cycles. And uh, maybe there's some like light bleed from some neighbor's lights and stuff like that too. And yeah, it's, uh, it's progressing everything. Like I was nervous myself as a retailer Uh, October. It's like, Oh, sales are going to dip. People are harvesting their own crops. But actually we ended up having one of our best weeks in the history of our store because people are uh, picking up that choice stuff while they're curing and want to compare apples to apples. Well, that's exactly it. And they're also
1: want it, they can go and spend because they know they've got bulk coming they can go and spend a little bit extra money oh let's get a three pack of infused pre-rolls and i'll split it with my buddies because we're going to be trimming mm-hmm. all day like it's yep. they can go and enjoy more of a treat because they know they've got product coming without the cost they've already prepaid mm-hmm. for all of the, with the work the time the effort and the money to buy all the stuff that they use to grow their their flour but they know they have product in a month or, or two, depending on what, how long they wait. And if they're creating mm-hmm. live rosins and stuff along those lines, it could be weeks, a couple of weeks, and then they'll be consuming on mass their own product. So it's mm-hmm. it'll increase our industry. And another big thing is they'll start looking for those higher quality genetics because they can start seeing, like, the chemotype variants between one company's flower to another company's flower to another company's flower and go, Oh, that GMO, I see the companies who are doing it really well, have that kind of foxtail growth. It's a little bit more tem dog looking stretch. Interesting to that bud structure. I want to grow something like that. Well, now they can go and find GMO seeds and grow the product that they really enjoy. And then guess what? They go and they find a punch genetic that they like, and they can go and hunt. It gives them a more economy style, ability to find the next genetic they want to run
0: that's sort of happy that we can buy seeds directly from ocs from the different lps uh so people aren't getting burned buying seeds black market like i've been burned a few times buying seeds semi transfer they never come but buying from the ocs like it's all above board they're gonna ship it it's gonna arrive in time and if you like it you can like go and stop in pick up your uh, favorite cultivar from uh, your local rec shop and see how they compare from your own growers versus this but uh be able to get seeds legally, and not be burned, it's a huge win.
1: Well, and for new growers, that is the best way to get seeds. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely the best way to get seeds because there's so much more reliability in what's going on. You know, if it's labeled as an auto flower, you're going to get an auto flower. It's labeled as a femme, it'll be a femme. If it's labeled as a reg, it'll be a reg. Like, you know that what it's labeled as, you will get when it comes to dealing with breeders or seed banks or anything like that, it's a little bit of a guessing game. And you're taking that chance when you're buying them from the legacy sources or just your buddy who has a seed bank where the legal market, they're a little bit more stringent in having things labeled correctly and be followed through and tested and just to have that stringency. So the seed access for new growers, huge benefit. Once you start growing, you'll have people on the other side of the market producing seeds reach out to you and want to get some seeds your way sometimes for free as testers and stuff that way you end up growing a seed bank very quickly with one two three grows of legal seed then you can expand it because you'll start to create connections you'll create friends that grow and have seed banks you can start kind of expanding it that way this is a huge win for new growers and you're not spending hundreds of dollars to buy seeds to get free shipping you can go and buy a 30 dollars pack of seeds
0: yeah absolutely what are your thoughts on quebec still banning home growers i definitely think it's a huge loss like that's a segment of the community that's legitimately using it for medicine if they're growing cbd cultivars maybe something a little bit higher and uh, unique terpene production that's really going to help and the whole province is really shut out from all that of just being able to give free medical care because that's what cannabis is. It's, it's a plant that just grows like that. It should happen to set it on fire, has yeah. some effects. Well, Manitoba. To take that away for free for a whole province, I, I really hope they change the rules. Yeah.
1: Well, I think Manitoba's still got their restrictions as well. Mm-hmm. Is it Toba's still waiting for the response from Manitoba? I think they're still in litigation with Quebec. So they're a step behind in Quebec. It's, it's ridiculous. Like I understand why the government's trying to restrict it. Like I I understand where they're coming from in the mentality. Does it make sense? No. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. But they're trying to gain as much money as they can and control the market as completely as possible because if they start mm-hmm. allowing people to grow their own, just like we were talking about, while they're going to be producing their bulk themselves, so realistically, they could be sharing it with their friends. They could be selling it to their friends. And could, those seem to be the primary concerns coming from the government. It's like, if that's the case, why? Why are you concerned about that if it's small groups sharing their own products?
0: Yeah, just look at Ontario. Like, uh, almost 500 million sales every single month from recreational cannabis. Homegrows are not making a dent as much as they really think it is. It's a very, very, very small percentage, if any.
1: Uh, I don't think they understand that the more growers we have, the more consumers we'll have, the more revenue they'll make from the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like, it it is like one correlates into the other very, very similar. Because if we have a bunch of people who are growing at home, guess what the next generation is going to see if they're getting that exposure in the house to somebody who's just naturally growing the plants. They're doing it. 17 16 17 18 they start getting involved in it because they're interested in it well 18 they're now
0: able to go to the store and get access to the products themselves mm-hmm. and it definitely helps break down the stigma and all that propaganda they've grown up with it uh, completely eliminates it if we just standardize home cultivation of so it's nothing to fear like it's just somebody growing their own medicine it should be treated like anything else they grow at home like there's people that have tents in their basements for roses or Other types of uh, flowers I want to grow all year round just because of the climate outside. And uh, we're definitely kind of breaking the mold on that uh, black market approach and propaganda. Like even my fiance's own parents, they have talking to me like, when am I going to quit cannabis? It's like, no, I'm not stepping away from cannabis at all. Like I run a legal shop above board. I love this shit. I'm not turning it down anytime soon.
1: Well, and if the push is to go smokeless, well, then shouldn't we be? teaching people to grow their own cannabis and then create their own concentrates. Mm-hmm. The more we educate the consumer to do that, the more likely they are to be driven, to be buying the concentrate style products off of the legal market as well. So that they have variety in their selection. So in that turn, you're getting what you're looking for overall anyways, right? Like I just, I I can see it as a major benefit because it's going to encourage more of the questions that we should be asking to get the consumers to where they should be going.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, for them, they just don't understand like why I want to smoke a joint before bed. It's like, it's relaxing. It's kind of a ritual of just sitting down, grinding up, um, just enjoying those few puffs. And uh, for me, it's just a uh, very peaceful in that way. Well, it's, it's almost like a meditative ritual for <laughs> a lot of us
1: when you go, especially when you take the time to open the jar Pull the bud out, appreciate the bud, take a look at it, break it apart slowly, put it into your grinder, enjoy the, the smell that comes off your fingers from just that little bit of it, the breaking of the bud, and then you go and you grind it, and you, that whole experience is preparing you for that lighting of the joint. Then when you do light it, it's like this big, full, relaxing breath, mm-hmm. Then it's 15 to 20 minutes of enjoying the joint while you're outside just relaxing and finding your own kind of comfort in the day
0: it's absolutely it's, it's very zen it's so beneficial mm-hmm. uh, well we even had this discussion uh they were uh drinking that night and they probably had like a quarter of rum it's like really like you're gonna make that point of alcohol is okay and damaging amounts but god forbid i smoke one joint before bed it's the end of the world it's like no, uh, definitely propaganda feeding still into that older generation and still trying to educate them every day. Well, oh, it's it's a battle with that. And
1: like the fact that the stigma is still real with a lot of people where mm-hmm. it's, kids can't go to other people's house because of the stigma and stuff along those lines is crazy, especially now that we're almost five years into the legal industry. It should be declining, not increasing and it seems like there's points where it's kind of increased it's become a little bit more highlighted than it was before
0: yeah especially with uh potency limits maybe uh, some people are kind of scared off on seeing products hc 30 40 50 percent for uh some infused pre-rolls and other categories that it's definitely not your grandpa's weed you smoking back in the 70s 80s no We're definitely lucky that we have these amazing genetics amazing quality cannabis nowadays and Maybe that's maybe fueling into it a little bit of uh, too potent.
1: Well, and it doesn't help that the industry itself is, oh, the new diamond infused pre-roll at 47% and then that sells out immediately. It's like, mm, I understand the THC number selling it, but maybe it's because it was the most flourish and most blown up promoted item that's coming out because it's the new. I bet you if you did something with that at the 38 percentile you would still get just as exciting of a response and even at the 25 percentile you'll still get it you just have to hype it up for what it is oh well the flavor on this is unbelievable the THC may not be there but it is worth the they buy it they taste it all of a sudden wow well this is a new area that we could take and drive into and it's just re-educating people that there's
0: better aspects to it than just let's go and hit the highest THC I'm definitely guilty of that because uh, my company, Sensi Brands makes the highest THC pre-roll in Canada, 50% guaranteed. I've even had some batches like 55 and like, you smoked to myself, like, I definitely had to back up off of it. i can only smoked half the one gram joint. Like I was way too baked for the rest of the day. Uh, but yeah, we are a little bit feeding into the THC chasing crowd. <laughs> Just what? to have a little bit of bragging rights in the space with all the other uh, infused pre-rolls in the marketplace.
1: Oh, exactly, and it—the infused pre-rolls are one thing, and then when you go and you look at the flower that's trying to chase it with just the the pure flower hitting forty percent, that's getting a little bit ridiculous. No.
0: And hash is forty percent because like, of trichomes. There's there's no way a uh, uh, flower on its own with all that plant matter. We all know it. It can't go that high. Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous. And it's now where
1: you've got provinces where there's a minimum THC cap. If you aren't maintaining a twenty to twenty-five percent minimum, we're not interested. It's like what? Like where is the gold in the industry of that sixteen to twenty-five that we were talking about for so many years? Just doesn't exist anymore.
0: That's where uh, people ask me for a blue dream at like twenty-five percent THC. It's like no, blue dream is supposed to be like eighteen percent. Like it's that one cultivar that you're not chasing. Like. It's a, a legacy strain that just speaks on its own. And it's all about the terpene and resin production and uh that entourage effect you're going with 18 is just fine with me. We can, we can stop chasing those upper limits.
1: Yeah. Like blue dream. If you hit it at 21 and it's got the flavor that it had at 18, you're losing your mind excited
0: because mm-hmm. it's like,
1: oh, this is just a unicorn run. Let's yeah, go. Absolutely. Repeat this. And mm-hmm. if people understood that, Oh, Blue dream at that 18 to 21 is in its cream area. It's in its optimal point. You're getting mo- like major effects from it. But then you go and you look at like your black triangle and that sits up at that 31, 32 at its cap, but it's a different genetic. It provides a different experience. And arguably the total cannabinoid profile of, the, of a really good blue dream would probably be very comparable to a total cannabinoid profile of a very good black diamond or black triangle or anything else that's grown well, because it's likely that that blue dream just has a little bit more
0: variety to its cannabinoid profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many, uh, interesting, like phenos just from blue dream alone that, uh, can really change that experience and, uh, how it smokes. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a really interesting cultivar. I love picking up from a bunch of different LPs to see like which variation of uh, blue dream they have. And, um, Always kind of like chasing that unicorn one for me that gives that uh, increased energy level, but also that smoothness and a little bit of blueberry come out of it as well. Yeah, I know
1: exactly what you mean for that flavor. I want that kind of creamy blueberry off the blue dream. The best one I found would have been the simply bear three and a half. That one for me was the one blue dream genetic that actually made me go, okay, I could probably find something I like out of this. Mm-hmm. It had that really good heavy effect, but it was a little bit more euphoric than I was expecting, but I really enjoyed
0: it. Uh, one that I smoked last night was the new uh, Rares by uh, Carmel for their pink Kush. Um, as soon as you open just uh, the bag of it, like it just hits you in the face with gas. And that's really what I've been missing from a lot of uh, pink Kushes on the market, that they don't have that uh, bag appeal for aroma that just slaps you uh but this one like two puffs off a joint like i was instantly faded just instantly high uh don't have to like get three quarters of the joint down you start feeling a buzz come on like it was uh so nice those fast effects just so much flavor just uh puffing and just mm, just so much taste um definitely got very very high for me it was good
1: uh owen sounds actually pretty nice i've been impressed with Carmel. they've done like they've done incredibly well picking the genetics and the growers that they've had incorporated into their products. The like Maggie's just blown it out of the water with the hippie head banger. Um, I'm really excited to hear that that pink Kush is good because I haven't had like a heavy effect and really tasty pink Kush in a long time. So that, that sounds exciting.
0: Oh, it was so good. Um, it's all sold yeah. out though. It sold out in like two weeks on OCS. So I, I hope they can bring it back, uh, regrow grow some more um, other plants and uh, bring it back to market and make it a staple every day. It was so nice having that limited release, but after trying the first time, like I'm hooked. Yeah. I want to get my hands on some more. Well, and that's, that's a really
1: interesting technique that you're starting to see more companies do now are those limited release or those collaborative drops where it's like, okay, we're going to give you this amount and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then they get... And once they hit, they seem to just gone, like immediately gone. And it's always the companies that are well known for having like very impactful genetics in the sense of having unique flavor profiles, really good high to follow with it. They seem to do really well with those limited because what was the other? I know Uprise has collaborated with Seven Acres for a limited drop in Alberta of their Uprise Funk, I believe. I'd have to look it up to get the, the. I think it's the Uprise Funk. Um, and then Carmel's got their limited that they've done. That was the second one
0: was the Pink Kush, wasn't it? Yeah, the other one was that uh, Hippie Head Banger that you mentioned. Yeah, so that was I uh, Never was... got my hands on that release, but uh, I definitely heard great things. And I was kind of chasing Rex Dorsey uh, who had what cut of, uh, was it uh, Drew's Fino for that one? Uh, but anyways, yeah. yeah, I was also trying to hunt it down just to give it a try.
1: Yeah, you it was a limited drop in Ontario, but it was the staple Drews Fino in Alberta. That's right. That's what it was. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we had the hippie headbanger as a staple here. We had it in the blunts, the pre-rolls, everything for a little while, and it did incredibly well. And they're supposed to be doing a new release of it that's an even better experience than the first time. It's supposed to be improved. So hopefully Ontario. See, well, gets I'm definitely it. excited. Oh and that pink Kush, if it comes to Alberta, it will sell out in no time that is one mm-hmm. genetic that it does it seems across canada that and blue dream were the two that were just cross canada guaranteed to be asked for no matter what, what store you went into
0: from day one of legal yeah, that's, to today that's where i'm happy as uh the person who does all the purchasing decisions for my store is uh seeing what the community is looking for bringing it in and hyping me up with excitement as much as me for trying the products and a lot of my uh, regular customers of, hey, I got the new release from Carmel. I know you're gonna love it because I love it it uh, just as much. And uh, sharing a lot of that excitement and hearing them come back like, oh man, do you have any more of it? No, it sold out. Like it was just such a good limited release. But I'm glad at least you had the chance to try it. Well, that's exactly it. And having that ability to
1: kind of curate a menu of products that are within the realm of what your consumers are wanting but you can kind of improve the quality or maybe give them a little bit of variation from time to time like not bring in the same great experience but go with something that's Mm -hmm. a little bit more kind of variable variable on the flavor or on the bud structure and kind of just showcase oh there's a lot more than just this one genetic that you like
0: Mm -hmm. i feel like every month i bring in at least uh 20 to 30 brand new products every month just to keep things fresh interesting let's not sell the same old stuff like we will if it's definitely a customer's favorite and uh we see lots of movement in it but uh every day there's new call tours coming out and i want to try them all
1: yeah exactly i'm the same way i don't have enough time and enough money to go through every single product that's on the market and that's the issue is you want to because there's Mm -hmm. so much amazing uh new products that are being released Products that are being re-released under a new format, like OGIN's got their retro releases that they're doing. They've got the first one, the Gasberries that came out, and now they've got another genetic that's supposed to be coming out right away. It, it's It's going to be interesting in the next four or five years with the just mass of products that are flooding into our market for mm-hmm. the quality that's increased as well.
0: I also hope that we don't lose any genetics with any LPs that are going under with a lot of their uh, cuts. They may have uh, any seeds that they have in their uh, seed banks. Uh, I hope we don't lose that, that maybe that's some intellectual property that other brands can pick up and maybe do another release down the road. And um, one that I kind of missed was some of the uh, uh, mood ring products. Uh, They're actually pretty good for like some of their capsules and some of their vapes, uh, was pretty nice, but then they went under and we kind of lost them all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Moodring had like their go their craft goldenberry sold really well in Alberta mm-hmm. right after it got released. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but the quality of the flower was really nice. And then their distillate um pens as well, like the for the
0: oh, like Florida citrus Kush and that, and yeah, uh,
1: yeah, and their distillate droppers or the applicators. Mm-hmm. Those were really popular around here as well. We had a lot of people. We had actually one person who would come in and buy three of them at a time. And he'd actually crank them right out, roll and spread them onto zigzag papers to roll his cigarettes with. So he was oh, rolling wow. distillate cigarettes and he'd boil the jars down so that he could get every single bit of that distillate left and then take the crystal and. Or, and a little bit of distillate from the side of the pot and scrape that onto the cigarettes as well so that's that's how he smoked and I was like that is probably the most interesting method of approach
0: but you do you I had a customer that uh, saved those applicators just to use for his favorite distillate cartridges on the market um he absolutely loves box hot for their uh, couch lock Cuher CBM so he sent me videos of him at his prying apart the vape cartridge using that applicator and just soaking it up just so he can infuse his own joints and just uh, easily just drop it into a banger for his dabs. And uh, he loves what came inside the cartridges. He's like, but just don't put in applicators. And there's what 500, a thousand different uh, distillate vapes in the market. And uh, it was really cool. like this donor ingenuity of uh, just messing around in the garage and come up with a uh, new ways to use his favorite products.
1: Well, exactly. And there's, It seems to be so much more focused on the cartridges right now than just the distillate products, loose access, that Mm -hmm. that's going to be your only way to get the variety. And then once you find a product you really like, well, then maybe start asking the company to produce it as a separate option. Like, I'm surprised we don't have like small one or two gram jars similar to what uh, uh, Tiger Cake had or tuner room had with her tiger cake dabs when it first released i'm surprised we don't even have like three and a half gram
0: jars of just distillate available
1: on unterp infused distillate
0: Mm -hmm. yeah uh it's definitely something missing from the market like there's only one uh distillate applicator and that's the uh box hot alien og one that's out there but that's it i don't see any other lps making that product and uh i definitely think it's part of the market that's a little bit missing I 'Cause I love infusing my own joints at home with Dislet, rolling them in my own keef, just a little ritual of infusing your own stuff. And it'd be cool to just be able to do it at home anytime you wish. Is the Hexo original stash one off the market now too? Yeah,
1: I haven't seen that in quite a hot minute. So I think she's gone. Oh I was wondering because that was that was their ticket to saving the company with this new new technology we're the only company <laughs> to have it and then all of a sudden Moodring had it and it's it's kind of like the Redicam pre-rolls as soon as hexo bought that machine you just started mm-hmm. seeing 10 packs all over the place it's like hmm a machine's getting used like a rented mule passed around <laughs> all over town like it is bad
0: <laughs> something's a little sus here and there's probably some uh d2b opportunities in the wind that we just haven't heard about publicly
1: Well, I just, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, Hexo's paying bills. Like, that's immediately the first thought that came across my mind. They're paying bills one way or another. Either renting the equipment they have out, renting the processing they have, or something.
0: Because What are your thoughts about uh, Hexo and ReadyCan now that uh, Tilray purchased them? Do you think we'll see uh, those brands uh, survive and come back with new innovation? Or are we just going to see them fold into uh, Tilray and get rebranded?
1: I don't know. I really don't know because there's there's a couple of ways that that could be tur- that they could turn that out. One would be if they kind of separated Hexo and they left it as a separate branch and kind of tried to restart it from the ground up and kind of turned it almost into their more craft branch but they would have to rebrand it to do that. I think that would be the smartest way they could do and almost essentially do like what Carmel's doing. Just go and find companies that are doing killer product and just start kind of bringing them in under an umbrella of bringing small companies to the market and get access to them. Because then at the very least you're getting product that's flowing through your facilities and you're getting some market share in return, but you're highlighting craft producers. I think that'd be the only way that they could really come back and have some sort of good brand recognition again. Otherwise it'd have to be, uh, shut everything down. Let's rebrand, start from square one. This is your name. You're starting in this facility. Go here.
0: Plus all the jobs that are impacted too, and multiple growing facilities and how much, um, other jobs are being at the same time. Like do they have three master growers now for the three different major brands, or is that all going to be consolidated into one? Just uh, too many unknowns for uh, early days with all these amalgamations. And I definitely see in the future, we're going to have more brands fold and uh, other players uh, snatch them up and maybe do some rebrands. And uh, hopefully this leads to a better quality small batch craft cannabis in the future. Well, exactly. And and
1: for me, an example of, Kind of what you have over there with Tilray. We have an Alberta with Aurora and Greybeard. Mm-hmm. Like Aurora acquired Greybeard. What I didn't find what I didn't hear until a little while later was Aurora went, here's the keys, fix this for us. That changed my opinion on that acquisition quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I opera. heard the Greybeard guys are helping with Aurora for their uh, vape cartridges and for their extracts, for their uh, Lemon Rocket Live Resin. Uh, this is great, but you guys make a better product and how can we learn from you and make this better overall for the consumer? And I've had now two or three different batches from the uh, OG ChemDog Live Resin from San SandRaf that uh, I've tried and customers have tried. and It's definitely gone a lot better and uh, smoother smoke, less harsh on the lungs and you're exhaling and more turps. And uh, that's a perfect example of acquisitions done right. And uh, one brand taking what they're good at and transferring it to another brand and just overall increasing the quality of their products.
1: Well, and I was going to say a very similar experience with the San Rafael flower. Like mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been about a year that they've had their feet in the door and been able to make the effects. You can start to see their like legitimately their first wave of products that They've had dialed in, they've ran once or twice, potentially three times. They've got an idea what they're doing. The flower product is getting way better for their price point. Like, it is amazing what you're getting now for San Rafael at $23 here, especially if you can find it for under $20. bucks, you are getting mm-hmm. a make your buck.
0: Absolutely. Like, the Butter Toast by them uh, blew my socks off. Like, so many interesting textures in it. And, uh, again, price point was perfect. Just nice dense trichome filled buds, like it's definitely something that's uh selling below its weight class. Like it should be $30, $35 for an eighth, and be able to scout for like $24, $20 bucks sometimes. Like it's a no-brainer. Definitely pick that one up and it it'll definitely be a good smoke for anybody that tries it. The sourdough for me was the one that really blew me away.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, very again, very similar to what you said. Complex flavors, good experience, and $25. I was getting it for $19. Bucks. And there's still a couple oh, that's,
0: of that's a deal. That's
1: I would deal. go and buy, like, I have no issues paying $40 for that seven gram because mm-hmm. that seven grams is a thousand times better than any of the Pearson farms. Any, like the only seven gram that I would compare to it now is Ogen because their price drop is their price dropped to 40 bucks for their seven grams, which <laughs> that puts them into a really good price bracket in Alberta.
0: How much is a uh, potluck selling for out there? Which one? uh
1: potluck potluck uh i think that one is 29 for the seven
0: yeah crazy price point um i got to try the new releases because that comes out of my own uh house lp that's uh, right next door which is awesome uh i tried their mac and cheese like it was a true cheese like uh the bag smell the aroma when you bust it out like Oh Man, I'm glad we found a crazy cultivar for that cheese one. I definitely think people will be blown away. And uh, seven grams are 30 bucks. Like that hits everybody's perfect uh, pocket spend for it too. And uh, I know that one just came to Alberta recently and just launched in Ontario yesterday, actually.
1: Yeah, there's been quite a few genetics that Potluck's ran like over the last nine months that come through Alberta. It's been pretty consistent that I've seen their products rolling through dispensaries and it's it's in there the first half of the week and then the second half of the week it's gone because it's that that price point right it's hard to beat anything under 35 bucks for for seven grams right five bucks a gram pretty good price
0: yeah absolutely um what i love is just that it's a fruitable smoke and each puff on a joint's actually flavoring instead of just bland old cannabis where there's no real texture coming through and uh it's perfect for uh tough uh People that just need to spend a little bit less this week just to help their wallets out from cost of groceries and stuff. A uh, Great budget option.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely gives people a good break for when they needing that quantity without the without that price point. Because like the fifty, sixty, seventy dollar quarters are great. Their quality's there, but it's not what everyone can afford. And with everything being so expensive as mm-hmm. it, the way that it's going right now, it's needing to be a little bit more cost effective and that's why you're seeing everyone kind of adjust the prices and balance things out again
0: yeah absolutely uh one that i tried recently that uh, really blew my socks off was the jealousy by black market uh crazy deep indica high like right behind the eyes but then it also gave me like so much energy at the same time and the buds just looked incredible um I almost didn't want to smoke. It's like this, this stuff is just so good. I only have so much of it to kind of last a week or two, but uh, it's definitely a nice treat uh, if you have the extra money to spend.
1: Yeah. BC Block does a really good job with all their collaborations. They've mm-hmm. they partnered up with amazing producers. And now that you've got um, Smoker Farms with their own uh, self-branded bags, which are awesome to see, See them kind of reach out, doing that next step collaboration, which is awesome, because once you build that brand recognition, it's pretty easy to have people keep coming back. And that MK, uh, that MK Ultra he's got is pretty killer. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's kind of just becoming like a household name, like uh, Xerox and Kleenex and stuff like that. But for cannabis, of uh, I want the black market, and it'll always be great smoker. I want the caramel, or uh, I want the Ghost Drops, and uh, some of those other brands too. I've, Ah, uh, they definitely built a brand recognition just by name alone, and just like Cookies, how many people from ah uh, new consumers just know Cookies as a brand from uh, what they've been doing in the states, and now transitioning to uh, Canada, bringing even more products market. Uh, yeah, there's some great, great brands out there.
1: Oh, well, exactly, and there's some of them that are like doing really interesting stuff on the marketing side, like the Cookies engage and all of their like more wide-affecting reach because Cookies is now in Thailand and the States mm-hmm. and Canada. Like it's just a large brand. And then you've got your smaller companies like Carmel and the Loud Plug and these companies that are just trying to make really explosive noise in the Canadian market and just really do well here. And the Loud Plug and Carmel, I would say for like pop and noise are probably doing the best for that. Next to maybe Endgame on the concentrate
0: side. Yeah, like all the cool events I see with uh, the Loud Plug doing collaborations. Like, man, those events are so cool and uh, I just love, they're just having fun with it. Like, let's just create some energy, create some noise in the marketplace and just have uh, just good vibes all the way around.
1: Well, that's exactly it. And even Rad, whenever they can hop in, Mm -hmm. they're they're usually right there with the Loud Plug. Like you can tell the companies that are always trying to give you that type of experience. And it's awesome to see how much these events are improving from one to the other. And every time I go to them, I'm like, oh, this has gotten better from the last one they've learned Mm -hmm. from that last event and they've improved it and they're hearing what we're saying. And it's going to be so nice to see even two years from now when we have eventually the more consumer focused events, as well as just the industry events, because right now we need two or three years to get the industry events running to then get Mm -hmm. the people focused towards the consumer style events.
0: Did you get a chance to check out uh, Kind Calgary? Yeah. Yeah, I went down. Awesome. What was your experience like? I went to the summer fair uh, last year here in Ontario and definitely want to hear how uh, Calgary was for you.
1: I, I enjoyed Calgary a lot. For me, just because of how excluded I am from the city because I'm two and a half hours away from Edmonton, I don't get to network and do a lot of in-person socializing. So those events are just huge for me because I get to go and meet everybody I get to visit. It's, it's just a big meetup for me. I had a really good time going around and doing that. And then just hanging out in the smoke pit visiting the event itself was an awesome first event. I will give them that like the baseline is great. First event. There are some points that I think they could have improved on. Definitely. Uh, One of the biggest things would have been bud tender engagement at the event to try and keep them at the event Talking amongst themselves, engaging with bud tenders outside of their kind of circle that they came with. It would have been nice if they had, because in the smoke area, it was just kind of a closed-in smoke pit, no music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really anything to engage you, sticking around, seeing what's
0: coming. Kind of like uh, icebreakers and games, like stuff like that. Things just <laughs> kind of like break down the barriers and just have people just network and uh, pair up together and just share ideas and yeah. Well, I or even, think that's a little bit missing from some events.
1: Or even just having like the thought I had was like for myself ha- doing like live podcasting where it's like oh there's a mm-hmm. conversation going on they're like they're set up okay well let's curious what's going on over here oh this is an interesting topic then all of a sudden you're talking about it with your group of friends and somebody else and it just creates that conversation or ended mm-hmm. up because you're in the consumption area live reviewing let's go and grab a product from upstairs let's bring it down. We're going to go and do this. And then I'll go and grab another one. And kind of every hour you hit a different product because then guess what? Everybody who's there, who has that product, they're more likely to rip that sucker open, go through a full experience, talk with the person beside them, share, like it's creating a community approach. And if we can get instead of these little hovels <laughs> is what I've called mm-hmm. them is little hovels of smokers in the smoke pits, you can transition it to this group of people consuming it's, it'll be better for our industry as a whole because if it's just consumers there, they'll get to connect with the bud tenders. If it's bud tenders there, and they'll get to connect with the store managers. Store managers get to connect with it. It's that continuing that branch. and yep, getting
0: this knock-on to- effects. I definitely think that's a great shout out of like every half an hour, just go over the loudspeaker of Hey, we're meeting up at this spot in uh the event hall. We're gonna be reviewing uh this drop from this LP and uh just kind of continuing that on just to uh foster more engagement.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I and think that's a great way to do it. And it doesn't need to be anything crazy. Like realistically, for for me, if I was going to do that, and like, okay, we're gonna I'm gonna do my full one hitter read review, a live review. I need my three bongs. Well, realistically, I could do it with one and everything on this tray. Mm -hmm. It's not hard for me to pack and bring with me. And the thing is, is that if someone's sitting there and they're going through and they're doing that and they're talking, if there's only three people that are actively listening, like engaged in what I'm doing, that's fine. But if the rest of the people are smelling it and sharing the jars and talking about that product themselves, that's the win for me. Not the three that are actively engaged in what I'm talking about. The dozen groups that are now sharing flour amongst themselves, talking
0: about it, with other groups as well. Mm-hmm. That's-, That's what I loved about the uh, canner reps event that I attended. Uh, just be able to try different flower and uh, go through a grading of double AA, A, triple A, quad A. Uh, Got everybody at the table engaged, and we're all kind of like passing the jars around and sharing notes like what we smell and what terpenes we think are coming through on it. And then we all went outside and spoke together of the same cultivars we were just talking about. Again, sharing notes and just uh, having a big collaborative. And uh, yeah, it was a great time and got to meet a bunch of new people there. And uh, yeah, we now follow each other on Instagram and uh, love seeing what they're up to. And like, oh man, this guy engaged with that event. He's smoking this and I'm seeing uh, that come through. It's like, oh man, I should pick that up too. I definitely know he's enjoying it. We shared some weed. We both enjoyed at the same time. What's interesting about this cultivar that he's really liking, let me go to the shop and pick it up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that and that's I honestly will give catareps the biggest credit for that in created engagement because Mm -hmm. you have to engage at the collector's cup. There is absolutely there's there's the odd person like myself. I could show up and I could just be quiet. I can smell, I can do my own grading. And I typically do that because I don't want to overwhelm everyone else with what I'm talking about. So I'm sitting there listening to what everyone's saying and i'll fire a question off to the table to keep that conversation going but i'm doing my own grading where for people who aren't doing it every single day with their smoke and their product they get way more engagement and benefit being at that table involved in that conversation having other people kind of put their input in it's hugely beneficial there but you also need that kind of table guide to help keep mm-hmm. those questions going because if you got one opinion that kind of dominates it and nobody pushes back it, those those tables can get real quiet real quick and that's the only kind of negative i see to the way counter reps is ran y'all you, you just it needs to have one person that's kind of organized there and the volunteers mm-hmm. do a great job trying to keep things rolling so they have found a solution for it there's just Th- there's little issues with everything you do. You, you just got to find ways to negate them, right?
0: Yeah, I was talking with uh, one girl at my table and just uh, sharing notes about uh, the cannabis talking about. And she tells me she's the master grower for uh, Safari Flower Co. It's like, oh, man, I love that uh, batch you guys did with Collab Project. And now we get talking about something that we've both shared an interest in. And, yeah, it was just a great way to uh, network a little bit and just share our passion for cannabis. Cool. Uh, but it's definitely a, a really cool idea Can wraps is doing. I hope we get to see these sommelier cups happen in more cities more often and just get more engagement. Well, exactly.
1: And not, and not even do like the full sommelier cup, but even just have like gatherings to where it's like, okay, we've got four products. Everyone's going to get the same four products. We're going to do blind tasting across the room. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's a little bit more cost effective for getting the products, doing everything along those lines. And then you can maybe focus it towards, certain product drops and that's the thing is it could be four new product drops for companies that are doing it and it give you just that ability to get hands-on products the tastings all of that kind of exposure for the industry which would be hugely beneficial
0: yeah especially if we start doing that for new drops you know that are coming two three months down the road that uh lps can get some genuine real world feedback um, and then hopefully they can make some tweaks then to uh, different batches they're growing and producing and it, it's a win-win all the way around. Well, exactly
1: and honestly being able to have stuff like that to where even a company could bring in and do phenotype testing with the groups. Mm-hmm. Especially OGEN
0: perfect for that, for all their different phenos they put out and I'm glad they have that numbering system with them too like uh, uh, Bacio Punch number and um, Sour Megaton and so on and it's cool being able to see uh, the Fino numbers that they went through in order to find that unit called for that they're, then we're now sharing.
1: Yeah. That, I'm a huge fan of that. And, and that's where like, I'm looking at it, I'm like the collector's cup being able to, here's the final four Finos. We're not sure which one we want to bring to market, but see which one scores the best at this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a cool way of doing it for but, sure.
1: And, and then at that way it's community fed. It's a little bit, our biggest issue is the regulatory bodies that are putting the restrictions on us hosting these style of events and getting access to that style of a product.
0: Yeah, I hope we have some loosened regulations with the review of the Cannabis Act to have more open consumption spaces. And that's one of the huge things that's missing is a spot to collaborate and enjoy. Like we have the consumption spaces at different events like call Flowers and kind stuff. But it's not the same as having one hosted every week just down the road in uh, London, Ontario, or uh, other places that, you know, you can just stop in, just uh, check in kind of like what Lit Research is doing. Like, that's amazing. But there's only one Lit Research in Toronto, and there's people in all these other pockets all across the country that want to engage in the same sort of uh, product testing and engagement that way.
1: Well, and there's the lit research in Toronto and then Vancouver's got their book club, YVR that Adolfo and Marco and those guys have got organized, which is, mm-hmm. has become kind of a staple lounge. It's become kind of the, the starting point that a lot of people have expanded out from and they're using it as the base, which is crazy that it's, it's there. We're on the verge. We just need to test the waters and toe the line a little bit more and find exactly where we can get away with what we need to to get these smoke lounges running. So that's really what it is. It's testing the boundaries, finding where the locations are that we can run the test lounges, and then go, nothing's going on. They've been going on, mm-hmm. they, they've been happening for a year. Let's open up some tests, some actual tests.
0: Then every hum- And this year on- we've had uh, no DUIs, no negative things like that there's people being smart about their consumption and then making those smart choices at the end of the day. And, um, what I see from book club, uh, seeing it on Instagram is amazing. Like it looks like such a cool hub of people just sharing creativity, different events for like a, a hash night or a live resin night and stuff like that. Um, I actually got to work with Adolfo in my own company for a few months. Uh, it was great just being able to ring him up and saying, Hey, I'm smoking this one. This is what I feel coming through. And, uh, just being able to pick his brain. Like the man has so much knowledge. Um, He's definitely a, a beautiful soul in cannabis. I'm so lucky that I got to work with him for a few months and I love what he's doing with book club. I hope we see uh, book club spot number two, three, four, five, and just keep growing out in the West coast and lit research here in Ontario, just grow into more places and more hubs. Uh, that'd be amazing to see. That's definitely one of my goals for the next few years is hopefully get some more of those in different. Uh, demographical pockets across the country.
1: Well, exactly. And it, Honestly, it'd be nice to see book club blow up in BC, lit research blow up in Ontario, something in Alberta gets big, Saskatchewan and Manitoba have something big, Quebec has something big, and then guess what? There's collaborative kind of events and collaborative, because I'll be honest, the event space that I would set up in Alberta would not work very well in Vancouver and probably wouldn't work very well in majority of, like... Toronto, and lower portion of Ontario. You go up into Upper Mm. Ontario, Northern Ontario that's a little bit more born and raised and ran like I I was born and raised, I'd probably attract a little bit more because I'm going to build a little bit more of like a hunter's lounge. A cabin in the Mm. woods kind of smoke lounge. It'll be a little bit different than going to Lit Research downtown Toronto. They can provide Mm -hmm. a service that is needed for the metropolitan area that I just couldn't think of. I wasn't born and raised in that area. And that's why I'd like to see the diversity in this industry. And I love seeing it within the craft producers, right? Like it's, it's what the, the ability to showcase and really accentuate your personality in this industry is what I love. And cannabis just does that.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially associate with my uh, two bud tenders. The first day it's like, we work in cannabis. You're allowed to be yourself. You're allowed to have a personality. There's no script to follow. Just have fun with it. It's all about education, good vibes, and just having a fun time. Uh, for something that's like upsetting you or like uh, bring you down, like that's definitely my spot to try to fix things for you. But this is basically just having fun every day, just come in, just shoot the shit, talk with our regulars, and to see how we can help people enjoy the best cannabis in the world right now.
1: Oh, exactly. It's meant more to just enjoy your especially working as a bud tender. The majority of your interactions should have either no positive or negative net return or a positive net return. Realistically, it should be either neutral or a positive net return for okay. 9% of your customers. The 10% of assholes are the 10% of assholes. You know they're out there. <laughs> but realistically, this industry is so net positive in... That just how many people are truly passionate and advocates for the plant, and that's why they're working so hard.
0: I've seen so many firsthand examples of cannabis helping people. Um, there's a gentleman that came in and uh, he was limping, and just looking at his face, like you would just tell he's in pain and is hurting so much. And just talking with him, I recommended a topical ointment from Views on his uh, calves and feet. And then a couple hours later, I look and I see him coming back in. I'm like, oh, no, did the product not work? Is he coming to do a return or exchange? And just talking to him like, hey, how's it going? Like, I, I see your back. Like, did I do something wrong? Do you need more products? He's like, oh, actually, I walked here. This is a driving. He's like, that product helped amazingly. I'd like to buy two or three more. I'm like, holy crap. Like, uh, it just filled my heart with so much joy and energy. Um, I was able to really meaningfully impact this guy's life and give him a better quality of life just through cannabis.
1: Yep. Well, and for me, some of my most exciting moments was when I was in the back on stock days and the customers knew my vehicle and they'd come in and they would just holler. They wouldn't even wait for the other bud tenders. They just holler because they knew I was in the back doing stock.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Up.
1: I'm ready for something. It's like, okay, I guess I got to get up and hustle because they won't talk right. to any of the other bud tenders. They know mm-hmm. what I would tell them to suggest, but they want to hear it
0: from me. I have the same thing too. Like on my few days off during the week, customers are like, Oh, Brendan's not here. It's like, no, not, he definitely needs to have some R and R here, there. He definitely doesn't live at the shop and eat, breathe, sleep there. Uh, but I'm glad that they come and ask me for my name and uh just think of me in such a positive light too. And um so lucky to be working in this space, man, from all the other jobs I've had in my career. And now to finally have a job where it's just be yourself every day and just help people. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing I enjoyed about it was if I said, I didn't know it was that I'll find out for you. And I started Mm -hmm. looking it up and it didn't take very long before people didn't even need to have me start looking it up. And they knew that I would find out for them. It's and it's so little effort in this industry to get that huge return from your customers, because just providing that little bit of extra, well, I'll go find out that information for you. I'll see if I can get it for you. I'll see if and black and white, They'll love the interaction. They'll continue to come
0: to the store if you're just honest and upfront and willing to help them as best you can. Yeah. Especially sharing uh, some cultivars that we both love that we know is going to be a great time and seeing them next time was like, man, how do you love that uh, strain that I love so much and just hearing their uh, firsthand feedback or, just hearing some crazy stories that happened of uh, man went to a uh, dog park with my dog and just had an awesome time with just running and playing and I'm smoking this uh station house blue dream the whole time and just having a great laugh and just a great time enjoying nature at the same time too It's like that's the shit I live for yep well,
1: that's exactly it it's the it's going and being able to provide relief and improvement to people's day it's surprising how just beneficial it is it it is no different to me than going to work in a major call in EMS. Like it's the same, it's that same dopamine dump mm-hmm. off the hospital and having something come back in the dispensary and go, I haven't felt this much like relief in my back for 14 years. It's like, okay, that's awesome. And then to see them come back four, five, six times by the same product and go, it's still working. I've never felt better. Thank you. Uh, and it's a continuous return for me. Instead of that one-time hospital dump.
0: Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Especially medical cannabis. Like I use a high-dose CBD every day, like a 50 milligram capsules twice in the morning, twice a night. And that's really helped me with my own medical issues that I deal with. And hearing the same customers come in, just not being able to sleep, having such crazy back pain. It's like, hey, try this. I know it's worked for me. And seeing them come back the next day, of like, I went through the day pain-free. Uh, Without any sort of narcotics or opiates or anything else, just using something a little bit more natural. uh, It definitely fills my heart too. And thinking back, I wish we had legal cannabis so many years earlier. Like all these years, I was taking different pain meds for this or that to try to help my uh, back pain and other medical issues. And all I needed was a high dose of CBD to cut all those pain meds away. Uh, it could have definitely helped my liver and kidneys a little bit more over the years than, uh, kind of taking all those pain meds for so long that I did, but, uh, we're finally here and we finally get to help educate customers that there is something better on the market. Just give this a try one time and I bet you'll be blown away.
1: Well, exactly. And the ability to not necessarily remove the medications from a part of your life, but ease the reliance on the mm-hmm. medications. Right, cannabis may not be a solve-all for you. Some people have found it to be, some people haven't. But it can provide huge relief and huge benefits if you take the time to find the products and the method of consumption that works best for you. Some people, they need to drop fat dabs to get the effects. They need that. Others, smoke in a joint in the evening. Some people are CBD capsules, and then there's the RSO as well. There's so many different methods of consumption and there's middle methods between each of those that you could go into. And it's just finding the way that works best for you, whether it's the speed of the effects coming on or whether it's the actual amount of effects and intensity over the length. All of that will depend on how you pick on it. So it really is uh, a learning and kind of trial and error venture. So it's not going to be a cure-all with the first puff. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a big misconception that people have because once you do find your solution, you're talking like it's the the cure from the first puff. But all of us would say, well, no. It, it took me about six months of experimentation to find what worked well. It took mm-hmm. me eighteen months to find the genetic that hit exactly what I need, and now I will never not have it on hand.
0: Right? Yeah. I find that one cultivar that gives you more energy in the morning. It kind of like. Uplifts you for your day to kind of like uh, just tackle work, tackle chores, uh, just something that just gives you a big mood boost. So it's definitely found me quite a few strains to try to find the right cultivar of, yeah, I'll always pick up Pineapple Express because I know in the morning I'm just going to smoke a joint. I'm going to have that energy to kind of tackle the day. Uh, but it definitely takes a little bit of experimenting to get there. Um, I definitely find a big segment of my customer base comes in having trouble sleeping. It's one of the biggest ones for older people. 40s, 56 years old coming in, uh, they've heard their friends talk about using cannabis to help sleep through the nights and then just being able to recommend something like a, a high dose THC edible for nighttime, mix it with a little bit of CBN and uh, hearing them come back us like, yeah, I slept for eight hours I only sleep for two. This stuff's amazing. And, and then just kind of educating them more on, hey, now that we found that this works, maybe let's try this other product here that has some other uh, benefits that I've noticed as well too. And then just increasing their knowledge on cannabis and all the different ways to take it and use it.
1: Well, exactly. There's so many benefits to the entourage effect and having mm-hmm. a variety of the cannabinoids and terpenes and all of the other factors that this plant has to offer, as well as full spectrum versus distilled. And the, like, there's so much more in depth that we could go into it that a lot of, people just don't realize or consider when they're going through and they're looking
0: at their products right like color especially oil in,
1: is a good thing
0: yeah especially infused pre-rolls that's just such a blanket term for diamond live resin live rosin uh terpene infused honey oil uh it just continues a snowball from there it's great you want to fuse pre-roll but what experience are you looking for uh, what activity are you going to be doing that maybe cannabis uh, you're going to be using at the same time? And uh, yeah, so maybe I'd recommend THC Diamond for this one or uh, a Hash and Cheese Blunt for something else. And yeah, uh, it's definitely all about education at the end of the day.
1: Well, that's exactly it. Like yesterday, I went and picked up some of the uh, rosin rolls that Colab released. It's the Wedding Pie number 6. They're live rosin sticks. They're only at 31 8 for the THC but I can guarantee you these hit harder and last longer than any disty stick that I can find on the market. Like it just,
0: yeah, that's awesome, man.
1: Rosin. This will Mm -hmm. be fantastic. And I smoked two of them last night, one before dinner and one right at the end of the night. My back pain was relatively relieved for about 45 minutes to an hour. A full effect and then about 75 to 50% effect as it tapered down for the next two hours. That's a really good effect for me. And that's mm-hmm. not normal from just pure flour. A rosin tab yeah. adds some flour, that's pretty close to what the effect is. So I'll give them credit. Well done for Colab for that, that collaboration. And I will rather buy rosin rolls for infused product or bubble hash or anything before distillate just because. If I want distillate, I'll buy a 510 vape cart because I'll pay the same price and I'll get more distillate out of
0: it. Yeah, that one-dimensional high and the live rosin uh terp sticks that you have there, you get all those cannabinoids, all those flavors. Uh, that smoke is so much more complex and creates a great buzz and uh, definitely has the secondary effects of uh, helping with your back pain, as you said. And Yeah, that's why I just love of getting away from distillate to live resins, live rosins. Let's increase this high. Let's, let's give them a better experience.
1: Oh, exactly. And when it comes to the distillate, you go and you look at the ones like Ness and General Mission where it's their distillate infused and you use that, you know, they're using essentially the distillate that goes into the same 510 vape cartridges because it's it's that flavor profile. So it's not just distillate, it's distillate with the botanical terpenes in the flower now. So the way I look at that, you're essentially smoking shred with distillate in it because Shred is milled flour with botanical terpenes. So what's the difference?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of customers ask for a Sativa 510 thread vape cartridge or hybrids or because They're all hybrids. There's no determination between them. They're all going to feel the same. It's just different flavor. At the end of the day, I just ask, do you want cotton candy? Do you want bubble gum? Do you wow. want raspberry? Because we got botanical terps for those. We can yeah. definitely match the flavor profile. sativa hybrid indica they're all the same they're Uh, all gonna feel the same unless you're doing live
1: resin live rosin it's all the same live resin live rosin will be the only thing that actually can give you floral style effects and that's because it's the showcase of the flower
0: it's not Mm
1: -hmm. distillate (laughs) it's not essentially the vodka of cannabis
0: (laughs) um it's still crazy sometimes like uh educating customers of the differences and they try their first live resin vape and then they send our store a quick message of man this high is incredible and uh i'm just laughing and giggling it's like those are the benefits of all those cannabinoids Mm -hmm. now let's talk about other flowers that has those same unique properties of more uh terpene production more resin production let's get you a more fuller more complex high well, there's still a lot of that uh, population just wants those botanical terps, and uh, it's great for them, but uh, they each their own, of course.
1: Well, exactly. It's, there's a huge population. That's just the, Oh, I just want to get high. Which if that's, if that's your approach to it. Okay. We're not going to change your mind. It doesn't matter how much we try. You, you got the mindset of, it's like going to the bar, going to the bar to get a beer. I just want to drink. It's like, okay, I just want something to smoke.
0: Do you want some uh, generic lager or do you want a 10-year-old aged uh, Jameson? Yeah. Uh, Two very, very different experiences. Two very different
1: price points. Absolutely. And there's a population that just goes most that I can get for the the least amount of money. And we're not going to change those mindsets. So, like, I I just go half of the population. We're not going to change the way they approach cannabis. Unless we change the cannabis that is available on the market, and the way we'll do that mm-hmm. is by getting the other fifty percent <laughs> to start giving all the shred heads exactly all the all the all the people if, if, even if we could just get shred the shred heads to go over to common ground to go over to the partake milled to the boaz milled to not boaz milled, milled the ogen milled the the freedom milled which used the boaz logo, Um but. Those style milled where they're full flour instead of flour with botanical terpenes. For me, that would be a win. If we can get shred off the market, mm-hmm. it'd be a win. There's enough quality milled out there for full flour within that price range. that
0: Start... I'm happy we have our potluck for 30 bucks or seven grams. Do you want shred for 30 bucks or seven grams? Or you want whole flour? You actually see what you're smoking. You can see the uh, tricolor production, You get all that aroma. You know exactly what's in there instead of. What's in shred? No one really knows. Like they don't show photos of whole flower buds broken down, put into the milled products. Just here's your milled. And yeah, there, there's better cannabis for the same price point. And uh, at the end of the day, it's just education, education, education every time.
1: Well, and and for me, the, the companies like Ogen and Partake that are doing their milled products where it's like, we don't put smalls in our containers. Mm-hmm. So they're doing milled flour and they're mixing and matching some of the genetics just to provide those unique options at a little bit of a better price point i like seeing those especially when it's like the 5 the 10 the 14 i like seeing options like that just for the ready to roll because mm-hmm. i agree i'm the same way i would prefer full flour over milled any day but there are times where i need that convenience and i'd rather go and buy something where i can buy that full flour compare it the next day and I know that it's going to be good, well, I'll just get a 14 grand because it's cheaper today and there's eight of us going out. Well, shit, perfect for the bong out of the golf course, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wonder if maybe we'll have a tobacco mix of cannabis and legal bags sometime in the future for all the people that smoke poppers out there. Like It's such an East Coast thing. Like I have so many customers come in like, Hey, like, uh, what are you looking for today? Like, shred, like, oh, how Smoke's you Like, I'm gonna smoke some poppers. It's like, that's uh, what shred's can, for. Can we get away for poppers? But, uh, there's a, lo- there's a lot of them out there. Hey, uh,
1: if, if shred's gonna stay on the market, it could be the popper weed. I- I'm fine <laughs> with that very much. That consumer can that can be what it's marketed for. Yep, probably the only way you could actually taste some sort of cannabis when you're doing poppers is <laughs> smoking shred. <laughs> I mean, there's very few companies that I throw under the bus as much as Shred, but they deserve it. I'm sorry, but my opinion, they deserve it.
0: We need to do a marketing campaign saying a popper approved.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Popper approved smoke.
0: Uh, Well, on that note, uh, it's been a pleasure, Trevor. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on, man. Yeah, it was a
1: blast. Good conversation. And just topics like this are exactly what we need to have around the industry where it's just sharing the ideas talking about products highlighting stuff that just isn't really the quality that we want and that we want to kind of transition away from and potentially finding solutions to
0: those so it was great having you on and i had a really good time yeah me too man. i'm so excited for the next five years of legal cannabis uh where everything's going i hope we see the changes to the cannabis act that we all want to see increased uh potency limits on edibles like man drift glitches are flying off the shelf because that's what people want they want a regulated high dose edible i don't know how many times i've gone to the res got something that's uh, labeled 100 200 milligrams get three hours later it's like fuck i'm fucking sober yeah fucking sober like that's bunk just wasted my money um so we have a regulated legal dose we definitely need that consumption lounges, uh, so many benefits can come over uh, the federal government, listening to consumers, listening to LPs, listening to store managers, listening to people like yourself, uh, content creators, and see this is what the customer base is looking for. And we've already been following the rules all along. We've seen those few changes just make things a little bit better for us.
1: Well, absolutely. Being And the biggest thing that a lot of the community is asking for is essentially legalize the consumption. You legalize the sales. You didn't legalize consumption. Let us openly consume with our community. That's all we want is areas for our community to be able to go and thrive and consume. Because if there's an open source lounge where I could go, hey, we're going to meet at this place. It's going to be the $5 surcharge to get in. and I And all of a sudden, I've got a group of 40 people there together. Well, then it's a lot easier for me to go to an LP going, hey, I want you to sponsor an event for me in the sense of I need 48 so that we can do a live sampling. And now live sampling is available. So it's not even like it's going to charge that company to go and buy the eights from a legal store to then make that happen. It's available through the sampling or through their, their search and research, their research and development license as well, that some companies have to where they're able to do pre sampling and stuff along those lines. Now we just need the location for individuals like myself, for yourself to get gatherings together and go, okay, let's get together. Let's talk about these products, share our intake, share what we think are the big highlights, what we can talk about in the stores to the consumers, what we could kind of highlight to the consumers that don't like it and really just find what's best for each other in this industry.
0: Yeah. And think of how many concerts uh, are happening all across the summer. 19 plus gatherings people are going to be consuming cannabis anyways illegally breaking the rules because you can only consume at home legally as per the cannabis act and we could just use this as a tie-in for open consumption spaces research testing new products uh just adding on to that whole concert experience people just consuming cannabis anyways Uh, seems like a no-brainer for sure well i a hundred percent
1: agree with you it's just and even the the research of consumption in mass of adults in an open area
0: is there i have that with yeah. alcohol it's already been proven to work with uh, no negative consequences cannabis should be treated the same
1: yep I that's i'm of the same way if when cannabis was legalized it should have been legalized to the same restrictions that alcohol had and then if there was negative return from that impl- implicate additional restrictions from there don't start us at the additional restrictions because it's harder for
0: us to get them removed than it is for you guys to implement. Yeah. Don't start it with already penalizing your uh, adults that are making smart decisions for themselves uh, with full autonomy. Um, Just a bad way to go about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it was great having you on. I'm sure we'll be uh, running into one another at Lyft in Toronto because I plan to make it out that way this time around. So it'll be, It'll be good to see you out there and to uh, hopefully check out that lift uh, lit research in Toronto as well because that sounds like an amazing place for kind of state yeah. one of consumption lounges.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, we'll have boost at uh, Hall of Flowers at uh, Kind for uh, summer and winter in Ontario. Uh, we're also going to be doing the uh, Cannabis uh, Wiki 1 in London, Ontario for their expo too. Um, so lots of places for uh, me and you to get together, collaborate, talk about good weed
1: yeah absolutely I look forward to it thanks for coming yeah. on and uh, look forward to seeing you all in the next one but for now cheers